It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our latest Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. It's uh, the eve of the final pre-season friendly against Valencia and there's uh, plenty to discuss. There's the, uh, the Bond squad or the quarantine quartet or however we're going to refer to them. <laughs> uh, squad numbers have been announced for the new season. Uh, Ashley Williams has departed the club and you know maybe who we would uh, select or otherwise uh, for that final match against Valencia. So it's me, David Prentice. I'm joined with uh, Adam Jones and our Royal Blue regulars Gavin Buckland and Tony Scott. So, well, before we go into the bomb squad, we'll start with Lucas Digne. You know, so he's uh, had a press conference this afternoon up at Finch Farm and uh, he's put to bed, you know, the story about that, uh, that tattoo, which seems to have been causing a bit of mirth uh, across one half of Merseyside. You listen to the presser, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, how did he explain that, uh, that tattoo? Well, he said it was a, a something about a necklace that he was given when he was three or four years old by his parents. Yeah. And it's just a phrase that stuck with him ever since. It's not a phrase that is associated to football in any way and obviously he's had a he's had a bit of a dig at Liverpool <laughs> like which is always always the best way to win over Everton fans uh, like when you're a new sign and he said uh, oh maybe Liverpool fans are a bit angry that I've turned them down twice <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously that. a very bright lad because uh, he was asked you know so well, why did you turn Liverpool down twice well because I'm a blue obviously <laughs> 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 you know which for, for a guy who's just arrived you know so in a, in a new country he's hit the ground running okay now, obviously, Lucas Digne is not, you know, so in this bombed squad as we've uh, we've phrased them. I mean, it came to light earlier this week that four members of uh, Marco Silva's inherited squad have been training on their own. Uh, Ashley Williams has uh, has left the club, you know, since then. Uh, Kevin Morales is part of that. Tony won't be surprised to hear that. <laughs> Cuco Martina, maybe a little bit harshly dealt with there, but if you're going to be, you know, ruthless, you've got to be ruthless. And Nikola Vlasic, that's the one that's like raised a few eyebrows, I think, uh, because such a young player who, to all intents and purposes, didn't do a great deal wrong last season on the few occasions that we saw him. So of that four, I mean, if we just go around, uh, you know, the, the, the lads, uh, were you surprised to see that the, the names in there? Are there other names you'd add to it? Uh, is that right? Have you got to be that ruthless, Gavin? Uh, I think Vlasic, um, perhaps. The others, maybe not a surprise. Yeah. Vlasic, I'm just wondering whether maybe more to do with the, the players in the squad at the moment, what his opportunities are going to be. But yeah, getting on to this, the old adage of pay and right. wages. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, you know, you've got Richarlison now, haven't you? You've got Luchman, dare I say, you've got Balassi, you've got Walcott. Walcott. Yeah. I know Abbey is, you know, not 100% fit. But on the left hand side, you've got maybe two or three options at the moment. And I'm just wondering whether there's, there's a feeling. That you know he's going to get zero game time this season. Is he um, seriously, Gavin? Do you think he's good enough to play for Everton Football Club? Not really seen enough from what he played last year. Twelve Premier League games. I mean, it's like handful it's of games, a, largely yeah. in the Europa League and in yeah. the Carabao Cup. I mean, he was responsible for that goal against Burnley when he at home. He didn't shock back or equally. You could argue mm. that actually, but he was responsible for that as well by defending so deep. 
but yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't had a great deal of exposure in the first team. He's obviously like highly thought of in the Croatian, you know, international yeah. setup. He's a regular under twenty one player, I think. I think he is. Um, I think Cameron's right. I think it is to do with the fact that there's a surplus of uh, wide players, which underlines again, you know, for the umpteenth time, the folly of last season's uh, transfer policy. Maybe harsh, uh, Vlasic, but the other three. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, but like sticking with Vlasic for a minute, you're considering him a wide player. Yeah, is he actually a wide player? Mm. I, I'm not. I'm not sure that's his best position. I think we've seen his in play his better games for Everton more centrally, and even then we've got Gilfie Sigurdsson in that role, Kieran Dowell in that role, who are definitely ahead of him. Mm. For a player that young to still not have a position like where he where he feels most comfortable. I just don't think in in this in the place that Everton are now, we can't afford to give him that time to try and you know work work himself out. I think it's a ruthless decision that needs to be made. And yeah, he prob- probably didn't get enough chances last season, but it's the same with Davy Classen. It was the yeah. right decision to let him go, and I think it's the right decision to let Vlasic go. I'm I'm quite heartened by that degree of decisiveness and ruthlessness. I mean, whether you agree with it or whether you don't, you want your managers to have strong, strongly held opinions about the players and to act on those opinions. I mean, that was what you know our greatest ever manager, Howard Kendall, was very, very good at. Um, absolutely ruthless when when required. And you know, so clearly Marco Silva has uh, been just as ruthless. Ashley Williams has you know already left the club. You know, so having been training, you know, with that group. Go on, Scotty. Kevin Morales. No, I'm not going to bother talking about him. Yeah. Going, just going back to Ian Vlasic. I can't see Vlasic playing the way Marco Silva wants to play for 90 minutes. High pressing, up the yeah. pitch, up and down. If he's playing in a number 10, he's going to have to track back like Sigurdsson does. Can't see him doing that. Yeah. I can't see him lasting the pace like a Rick Arlinson does or a Walcott. So if he can't cope with playing 90 minutes of Premier League football, and obviously he's been doing, he's been training with him, he's been watching him, yeah. and if he's unfit to play in the Premier League at 90 minutes, what Silva wants to do, the high press and intensity of the pitch, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no space for him. Do, do you think that is the case? I mean, have you seen evidence of him not being able to last a 90-minute yeah, game? Because we haven't really him. seen that many Yeah, but when we have seen him, we've seen yeah. him like have good spurts in 20 minutes yeah. and then, then he's flagging. You're going, come yeah. on, let's see it again. He just doesn't look as if he's suited to yeah. playing the intensity of Premier League football. Yeah, I mean, the caveat to put on that is, I think it's quite... You all know the travails of last season. It's quite difficult to judge, I think, a young player on what happened last season. Sure. Especially somebody who's new to the club. We started the season playing in Croatia, you yeah. know, and then comes in August, September time. So, you know, what I saw of him, there's a question mark over him, but I don't think we should necessarily write him off. Um, and I, I think it is, he, he, even talking about whatever his best position is, there's a surplus of players in all those positions, mm-hmm. isn't there? As Adam just said, you throw Tom Davis in there, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, Throw, sorry, you four play, four managers have seen this fella, by the way. You've got Koeman, who signs him, or Walsh, whoever it was, Unsworth, Allardyce, and now Silva. Yeah, but just so they all can't be wrong. Yeah, I mean, Unsworth especially uh, left him out of a number of uh, yeah. games and you know, said he was never massively impressed. I mean, Sam Allardyce, obviously, by just not selecting him. you know, And now Silva, so yeah, they can't yeah. all be wrong, can they? Mm. No, I'd say maybe what they've seen. I, I, I think there's a cut. Do you think that? I just think there's a... It's a bit difficult to judge a play last season, as well, I'd say, within mm. all of that. But I do think it's down, maybe down to the surface of players we've got. Sure. Uh, one of that quartet uh, has already left the club. Ashley Williams has moved on to Stoke uh, for a season-long loan. Uh, he's only got one year left on his Everton contract, so we can effectively say that is the end you know, of his Everton career. 
I'm a little bit uncomfortable with the level of you know, sort of glee and you know those mocking celebratory gifts that you see on social media. Uh, he did have you know a poor season last season. He ended it dreadfully against Burnley, but the season before he was pretty solid throughout. They played virtually every game in that season. A couple of high points, and obviously you know, the the goal against Arsenal will stand out. Um, but does he really deserve that level of mockery? You know, uh... I think he comes across as as if he's a better player than what he actually is. And we found when we when we signed him, don't forget, obviously John Stones left, yeah. and then Ashley Williams yeah. comes in. And when we signed him, I got on record. I was absolutely amazed when we got him from Swansea. Thought he'd been one of the best players in the Euros. Got to the semi final with Wales. I'm absolutely made up. Proper yeah. centre half, solid, vocal, Welsh captain. Exactly what we need. Yeah, and he just hasn't. It's just it's the big fish at the small pond, so to speak, isn't it? That's Swansea, and he's came here, and he just hasn't hasn't done it. I, I don't know if it's it's the big fish in the small pond mentality. That's clearly played eight parts, but I think he's just he's got old. I, I think he, he's just aged quite quickly. Uh, he had one fairly solid season, and it, he's you know gone backwards very very quickly. I mean, it was pointed out last season on a number of occasions how deep he was defending oh. in the six yard six yard box effectively to try and cover the fact that his pace had been eroded quite quickly. And that concerns me a little bit about you know what we still have in central defence because Phil Jagielka has been a wonderful servant yeah. for the football club. You know you can't say anything bad about the guy; he's no. been absolutely top class, and he has been recognised as one of the quickest players in the squad for a long, long time. You know you look at all the uh, the, the speed tests; he's right up there. This preseason maybe he's just taken a bit of time to you know to hit the ground running. He's looked vulnerable. I mean he was awful at Blackburn when he got shoved off the ball. He wasn't too clever in you know so Fran- uh, the Portuguese games last week. Um, is he just taking a bit of time or has age caught up with him as well he's 36 isn't he yeah. I mean that's not helped good age Gav before you go there yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, left, I left that age a long time ago yeah, yeah. but I, I think, I think yeah, yeah. If we talk about it goes back to Leighton Baines com- uh, conversation in the last pod isn't it you know Williams's uh, seniority and vulnerability as a consequence has been sort of accentuated by the fact that he's playing with Jacks a lot of the time. Yeah. He's like a year older than him, and you've got like a thirty-three-year-old left back as well. So, it's it's uh, some of those problems of those players is down to like the seniority of like the you know, of the um, of the back four. You know, I mean, Seamus has been around for about ten years, yeah. hasn't he? Um, so I think will I, I don't I don't like Everton players getting stick getting laughed at. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that at all. I, I think that's wrong. It's much a little bit yeah. of a lack of class. I think. Yeah, 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 I don't like it at all. I just, I just think he's never really shown the commitment for Everton that he has for Wales or for Swansea, and I think that's what will stick with Everton fans. And th- there was absolutely no way back after that Burnley sending off. What, what do you find? That was an absolute yeah. joke. And he that. tried to elbow a player three times. Yeah. He was itching to be yeah, sent lack off of discipline day. in that game. Certainly, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think it was like a lack of discipline. I think, I, yeah, I think he just wanted to just be out of that game. Yeah, yeah. like because he know he knew he he was just being outmatched by Burnley strikers. Like yeah. that must have been a harsh realization for him. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be much easier for him in the championship. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm with I'm with toe on this when he signed. I remember you told toe. Yeah. I was in the pod at the time, thinking, come off the Euros, three-year deal, experienced Premier League performer. Obviously, had done for Wales for several years, not just the Euros. You know, good international class centre half. You know what can what can go wrong? <laughs> and and I think the two things that have gone wrong is at that age you can't deteriorate all of a sudden, can't yeah. you? And the second thing is, is. You know what, what was he? What was he when he joined? Two thousand sixteen. I think it was thirty. It was thirty one. Thirty one. Yeah, yeah, eighty three birthday yeah, is, isn't he? So he's thirty three, and you wonder if somebody's last big contract age of thirty three got three years left, and you're thinking, you know, sometimes whether that psych- yeah. psychologically that hunger's 
there and is it easier just to you yeah. know maybe just keep keep it ticking over and not really perhaps in certain games give a hundred percent but i think on i don't think adam touched on this i think that this the lack of leadership and so you know mm. it wasn't just Burnley at Leon it was at Leon at home where he had the where he wants to take on the whole team senior, <laughs> you know? mm. and I just think of the senior player in yeah. what was on a case quite a young team last year I just thought that set a really bad example and that was the thing that got to me even more than his, his performances to mm, be yeah. fair he didn't look like an international captain at any point no, I think no. Jordan is Everton career and that must have been one of the big reasons why he was brought into the club in the first place yeah, exactly so he's massively failed at one of his key objectives for coming into Everton, so I'm, I'm I'm not surprised that everyone's quite happy yeah. to see him go. No, there was there was a little spell. Uh, was it last season? I think it was early on last season when when the stats actually suggested that him and Mason Holgate were the the, the more effective partnership or the most effective partnership. I mean, they still weren't keeping clean sheets, but you know, compared to yeah. some of the back fours that we'd put together, obviously that's not going to happen now. But how would you feel next season if we accept that you know Phil Jagielka, uh, his, his legs aren't quite what they were, of a central defensive partnership of Michael Keane and Mason Holgate? I mean, that's very young. There's no I think it complements. I think it complements each other better than any other centre back partnership that we have. I think Holgate is has almost become a must with the options that we've yeah. got at the minute because he's essentially our only centre back who fits into Silver's style. In my opinion, he's got. A lot of ability to bring the ball out from the back. Obviously, he's been playing left uh, right back a lot of his career, so he's got that drive to get up and down the pitch. He's got recovery pace for if you know Michael Keane can't turn round quick enough, and there's a player in behind. Mason Holgate's at least got the pace to get back and cover. He's shown, I think, amazing maturity for his age, especially in that period that you were talking about where he was next to Ashley Williams. I think he's shown amazing physicality for his age as well. And I think he's 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 now a must. And I think Michael Keane is out of form, but I, I, I still think there's something in there for him. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not seeing any evidence there no, to I back up my feeling. It's just a good feeling. Play the silver way. I can't, I, it's Michael Keane for me. I think yeah. Burnley suited that lad to the ground the way the full backs very compact in the jungle past the halfway yeah, so line. So rigid, wasn't it? So when you've got Luca Dinian and Coleman or whoever Baines may be and they're flying up down the pitch, Keane's just going to get so isolated. It's untrue. He's flat-footed. He's slow. He, he just suited the way Burnley played at the time. Yeah. I think Everton haven't done their own work properly on when they signed this lad. There's another one who I looked at and thought, oh, I made that we've got him, Ed and Everton out the box, but that's not the way Everton defends, is it? And I just think it's a, it's another tale of a player suiting another team, like the Ashley Williams scenario at Swansea and Michael Keane and Everton. Just, they just don't fit. Yeah, I think yeah. the problem is Burnley played with such a deep defensive yeah. line, didn't they? they? They weren't really a possession-based team. They were inviting the pressure on and yeah. they were that kind of side. And you just... Yeah. It, you can't do that at Everton. Like we, we're always, especially now with Marco Silva, as you yeah. say, we're going to be playing this high defensive line quite a lot, and you know Keane's going to have to learn how to play this way. Uh, yeah, I, I think it. Uh, I think that central defensive partnership doesn't frighten me, but it concerns me. Mm. That, <laughs> that, it's frightening that we're talking about a week from the start of the season, and we're, well, we're holding gonna... our hopes on. A 22-year-old or 21, 22-year-old yeah. Mason Hallgate has been the, the, the key of our central defence. Someone who's only played there, what, a full season over a couple of years yeah. or whatever. Like So I, I I think that really shows you that there's a major weakness in that area. That needs well, I was just going to say, I mean, obviously, Everton have been linked with an absolute succession of centre-backs throughout the summer, uh, none of which 
have been landed yes one of them's uh, actually left Swansea and you know gone to Fulham so Alfie Mawson is that the absolute priority I mean obviously yes. there's a number of areas in that squad that need uh, addressing but as a centre back before next Thursday an absolute priority 100% yeah, yeah. yeah. you can't you can't go into next season with the centre back options that we've got yeah. especially now that you've let Williams go like yeah. he, he wasn't great but he was at least a body in that position you know, we need we need to replace him somehow the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, Lucas Dini has been doing his best to try and persuade uh, Yerry Mina uh, to move Barcelona and <laughs> come. So, uh, you know, so that, that could be an option. I think with two have gone, haven't they? Funes Mori's gone. Oh, yeah, Ashley Williams has gone. Yeah. Phil Jagielka looks as if he's been spent overnight. So you're basically just left with Michael Keane and Allgate. You can't go into the Premier yeah. League season. No. With, with two centre-halves yeah. one not fit to play the way your suitors are going to be playing yeah. so he's going to have to get Yerry Mina if not then it is alarming the way we're going to be looking at Rocco or Gibson elsewhere yeah Shay's Sh- you know what this reminds me of maybe he is going to do an report in 2015 when mm. Martin has let two centre-halves go in the summer only brought one in he ended up with like three this cent- yeah this Dan and um, the fellow Alcaraz didn't he and only yeah. brought um, Funes Mori in yeah. we, went, we ended up with three centre-halves for the season and that's why we ended up playing McCarthy and Bessic at centre-half at Anfield in yeah, the derby and, it, yeah, yeah. because because we were really short on numbers in that area and that really was major, one of the major con- contributions to Martinez's downfall sure. a lack of cover there and I think we don't want history being repeated in fact we're probably in a worse position now than then yeah. because then we still had I think Stones was still there and Jags was a few years younger so I think there's a major warning sign there for me Prano do you think you spoke to Phil Jagielka before do you think he'll be happy playing second fiddle and just sitting on the bench all season I don't think any player would be happy to do that but I think you know given his age given you've got to be realistic about these things I think he knows he can't play certainly can't play two games in a week anymore and that's not been the case for you know some time and he's a guy that you know does pride himself on his professionalism I mean you know that that is an absolute stat that you know he was one of the quickest players at Everton Football Club along with Dominic Calvert-Lewin you know strangely you wouldn't imagine either of those two as being the speed team would have thought you know Walcott or Coleman maybe but they were both absolute you know sort of flying machines that's not quite the case anymore but no I, th- I think he'd accept it I don't think he'd be you know absolutely happy you know with the idea but you know you've got to be professional these days he's a club captain still as well, well so. I, that was my next question yeah. did I without Talk about the club captaincy. So if he wasn't playing, and Leighton wasn't playing, who would captain the team? You would imagine would there be Seamus Coleman? Got to be Seamus, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think for, there's a strong argument yeah. that he should be the club, club captain yeah. now. for some time. Yeah, he's yeah, a captain yeah. in waiting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, looking ahead to next season, I mentioned Seamus Coleman there. The squad numbers are being announced today. And I've got a bit of a bee in a bonnet myself about some of these things. So Don't I mean, tell me who number eight is, Breno, before you go. Well, I'll, I'll scare you over number eight. Number seven, Yannick Balassi. Scare you over number eight, like we say. Number nine, Sanjo Ramirez. Ten, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Eleven, Theo Walcott. Okay, Gilfie Sigurdsson's moved to number ten. That, that's his role. You know, Theo Walcott, it was 11 last season. Now, I've got a thing. Number nine is an iconic, cherished number at Everton Football Club. It's important. I mean, Andy Gray and Graham Sharp used to fight each other for that shirt, you know, so all yeah. the time. It means a lot. You know, it's, it should be worn by a goal scorer. Why Sandro Ramirez got it? You know, is, is there a future for him? You know, does Marco... I thought he was playing in pre-season to try and sell him, but, you know, he's still here yeah. now. And he's got the iconic cherished shirt number of the no, football not... a shirt number does not matter anymore am I just getting you know yeah I, 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 I think yeah. you're reading a lot too much into yeah. it like for me I don't think a 
shirt number particularly matters. We, number nine does. I've mean, yeah, had a good yeah, number yeah. nine for years. I think we're just trying to get away from... I was number nine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we're just trying to get away from the, you know, the Koeman Walsh way of doing things, of taking a squad number off the ass and then... If biting no, them I in the arse. Like, I think it's think Newcastle it's... fans about number nine and Man United fans about their number seven. There's some, something iconic about shirt numbers. Yeah, I but... think with the Everton number nine's gone in history, you want some kind of identity to carry on your football. You want a goal scorer to wear it at the very end. Since Duncan Ferguson, who's had it, is it who's proper. Landon Donovan's worn it, uh, which yeah. was a, a strange James one. James Beattie wore it as well. Sahar did, didn't he? Sahar. Which is yeah. fine, you know, he's a goal scorer. Yeah, you know, but, you know, it just. It, They've been too few and far just, between. Just because he's been, like he's been like he's not been given that squad number, he's just kept that squad number. Like we've not, who, who are we going to give it to if it's not not to him? Chang Chang and you'd be happy with that. Well, no, I was going to say part of the thing in this is some players like naturally like certain numbers, don't they? Like it's good luck for them or yeah. whatever. So Lukaku fo- never wanted it, did he? Yeah, yeah. fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the never wore it, did he? Either thing. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some players like so. Sometimes you're left with like it's, it's a bit of a selling plate for, isn't it? Really, well, you love to know if you're a player playing for like a, a top Premier League club yeah. and there was an iconic shirt number. Wouldn't you go? Do you know what? Give me that. I, yeah. I, I want to perform I, on the big I, stage. I don't think players look well, at things like that that's anymore. What did, that's what Sandro did when he joined last summer. Yeah, but now that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's just I thought someone would be what, banging on doors saying, "Give me that." What, does it, what does it gain taking taking the number nine off him? Because it shows your intent that you're you're going to be playing every single game next season that you want to score goals and be cherished. No, I mean taking it off, Sandro. What 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 what's, what's the game from I that? I don't think he's going to. Some shirt numbers weigh more heavily than others. I mean, uh, over the road, you know, number eight has got such significance now. Mm. Number seven always has, you know, for Keegan and Dalglish. Yeah. As you mentioned at Old Trafford, whoever wears that number seven shirt's got a lot to live up to. And I think it, it's been eroded at Everton in recent years, and I want to see it restored again. Mm. And to me, I think the number nine has got to have some significance and some symbolism. And yeah, just I want to see somebody, somebody decent wearing it, especially <laughs> when you the, the number the current number nine. You're not sure whether he's going to figure at all this season or not. Yeah. So I think that's, that's number eight. No, I'm, I'm not going to even talk about him. But <laughs> what, what's the point in giving him it when he's obviously yeah. ready to sign for Fiorentina? You know I mean, but if, if we're if we're just going to take like these kind of squad numbers off players that we're not sure are going to be there. We're just going to have about 10 players who are number 50, 51, 52, 50. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's the point? Just keep keep them on the numbers that they're on. If if transfers happen, they happen. Well, that's like, the thing. Sigurdsson was 18. The kit's been released. Yeah. It's been worn for, what, the best part of six weeks. And now they've changed his number. So well, that's, kids that, are that's be because Wayne Rooney's left and obviously vacated a shirt number that he obviously really wants. Mm-hmm. Right, well, okay, a different situation. Just a toss about that one out there. Okay, look ahead to tomorrow, Valencia. It's the final pre-season friendly. Now, it's normally an occasion when the manager will select the team you know that closely resembles what you would imagine would go out into action in the Premier League on a Saturday tea time against Wolves. Bearing that in mind, I mean, who would we play uh, tomorrow? Jordan Pickford wasn't supposed to be back until Monday, but he's come back from uh, from his holiday early. Um, he wants to be involved. Um, whether Marco Silva does start him or not, I don't know. I hope he does. You know, so he's got you know got to try and reintroduce himself to that. You know, so back four again. Let's just go around and just you know, so who you would like to see playing against Valencia, Valencia tomorrow? Pickford, would you start him tomorrow? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all Back four. Uh, <laughs> come on, we're, we're oh. going to say start him in the back four. Probably would be <laughs> the way you can distribute the ball. Um, well, we've just mentioned the names there, haven't we? I mean, Centerav is to Holgate Keane. Holgate, Holgate, if, 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 yeah, Holgate mm. Keane. 
Holgate, Keane and centre-back. Coleman right side. All right, go on. Who's your left-back tomorrow? It's got to be Digne. Yeah. Why? Asked, why? Because Baines has played all pre-season. Baines has looked fit. Baines has looked sharp. Lucas Digne is a new player. It was being bought as cover for him. Yeah, but he, just... should, he should be our starting left-back next season. Because Leighton Baines is there. Because he was Barcelona and understudy. Baines has looked great all pre-season. Baines has looked he sharp. Hasn't... Yeah, he's looked, he's looked one of our brighter players. Against Ren, I'd... I'd... Definitely don't think he was. He was exposed a lot. Should have had the whole podcast over this. This show your intentions, haven't you? I think he's, I think he's been. Ex- I think he's been extremely suspect. Like going for going forward, he's been great. Yeah. But then he's leaving massive holes in the back because he can't get back anymore. Are oh, you joking me? He's one of the fittest players in the squad. No, no, I've not you, seen you that be, at You can all. be fit, but you're not quick enough. You get no. He's one of the quicker lads. He's up and down. I've not seen that. At sorry, all. I'm sorry for me. You, you can't sign an 18 million pound left back and then not play him. I had exactly the same discussion at lunchtime with my mate. He said the same thing, and I said, "Well, why not?" What was interesting was um, uh, in the press comments he gave earlier, where he said, "I can also play left back. I can also I can also play centre back as well. I might not be the tallest, but I can play centre back." So is he, be, is he being mischievous or there, or do you think he's? Uh, Marcus Silva's had a word and suggested that you know that's where he could start the season. Well, there's an argument that he could play in the back a back three of Holgate. He's not going to play that now, though, is he? No. You know? Well, he used to say he could play Holgate, didn't you? And then obviously the new if the, whoever they get as the new centre back and have yeah. a three at the back and have Coleman and Baines as wing backs. Yeah. It's a fair shout. It's a fair they, shout. There's an argument that he could play three at the back though. No, he hasn't done really. it. So he's always been a yeah. back four. Yeah. But if you got the four, then. That's the way it's going to be, isn't he? He's going to have to. I I agree with Adam there. He's going to have to play in you because he, that's he's got. You've got to show your intentions going forward this season. You could you could still play him on on Saturday, but not doesn't have to really start next week, does he? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you might just want to give him some game yeah, you, time. Yeah, you've got you've got to see, you've yeah. got to see what he's like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the compromise plan. Right, okay. Okay. There's, there's yeah, the yeah, back yeah. four pick. There's the back four. Yeah, yeah with totally. yeah, a little bit of discussion still to be had on that. <laughs> uh, the, the 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 midfield three, you know, so. We'd like to see new faces in there. We accept. We'd like to see uh, signings made. They haven't been made yet. That this is this is a key area for me that I think Everton fall desperately short yeah. on. Desperately, I think there's there's no ball players in there. There's no one who can take the game by a scruff that a scruff of the neck. And look at the teams above us. They've all got really top quality midfielders yeah. in and around their area. Everton struggling. Tom Davis, Morgan Schneiderlin, just a Ghana guy. Mo Besic, it's not names that you say, they're going to win us this game. They're not. And I look at all the teams above us and they've just got, like there's Tottenham there. Yeah. Did they put Dembele up for sale? He'd walk into our team with mm-hmm. the blindfold on and it's just frightening that that's the gap and I think that's what Everton, when they sort that centre out position out, they're going to have to look at that centre midfield and, and sort it needs to, it needs sorting big it's, time. It's funny, each of those players has qualities and each of them has, you know, major problems and deficiencies I mean just a guy on a gay covers ground better than anybody he can nick the ball really well but doesn't use it particularly well Morgan Schneiderlin for me spends too much time on his backside yeah. you know he, he's, he's off the floor far too frequently and you know his, well, his attitude has been questioned you know quite rightly in some areas Tom Davis sometimes he looks great other times he uses the ball very very badly Benny Beningham, he's not really, you know, ready. Besic, God, what, what, what do you say about Besic? Mm. I've seen one absolutely standout game from him against Man City in the uh, the League Cup, and you know he's, he's flattered. So, go on, we still haven't. We're our three for tomorrow. I th- I think you're playing four three three. Said this before on a pod. You three midfielders. You want one to hold and to cover, cover in front of the back four. You want one who's a sort of playmaker, and you want one who's box to box. So I think you've got to look at the, those three roles and say which are the best players of the club who can fill them roles now I think that it's not ideal I don't think it's ideal for any of them picking up on your mm. point Tony about a playmaker but 
I think you'd have to go for Schneider and, and holding the base and being able to ping the ball a little bit. Um, you'd have to play the, the sort of playmaker, the one that plays behind the striker would have to be Sigurdsson. And the box-to-box to me is is someone that you'd, you'd, you'd end up looking at maybe Davis to, to yeah. fill that role. Uh, but all three of them in different ways are, are not ideal. And I think um, for all the talk about centre-halves options and full-back, left-back options and stuff needs to be filled. That's a, that's an hit of the pitch. Would you game? Hit of the pitch that we are sadly sadly lacking a need of uh, you know major reinforcements. Well, well, I'd like to believe that you know that obviously a centre back is a priority, but the club is also attempting to recruit somebody in midfield and somebody up front. Yeah. Clearly, areas that yeah. you know need, need looking at. So we have to leave that before next Thursday. We don't know. They've made it clear they don't want to panic by. They want to bring players in who are right for the squad. But we've not really addressed who's playing in midfield because we haven't really got you know the got players that we want. Yeah. The front three is maybe a little bit easier uh, to, to look at. I mean, obviously Richarlison is going to fill you know one of those roles. You'd imagine Cheng Tosin would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I'm concerned about his form pre-season. I mean, he's missed some very very acceptable chances. The kind of chances he was gobbling up last season. Um, anybody share those uh, reservations? I, or is I, that I, li- just I like Tosin. System. Yeah. I think with the right service. I think he'll score a lot of goals for us this season. Yeah. With Sigurdsson just behind, with Rakarlitsson on one side, Walcott on the other. I think yeah. he, if we can create chances, he'll finish them. I just think last season, under Allardyce, he was given one cross every 17 minutes yeah. and feeding off scraps. I think I do see what you mean, though, Preno. I think the one chance that sticks out to me is that one against Blackburn, oh, where Richarlison yeah. put yeah. that great ball in outside yeah. of the foot. He was in 10 yards out, centre of the yeah. goal, and somehow managed to edit wide and one of the Portuguese games he did something similar as well I can't remember which game it was now they both don't forget blended. this lad come in yeah. didn't he in January played this is the second manager already isn't it so, to be fair I'm full probably, pre-season I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here because the word you know from the training ground of his, uh, his performances on the training pitch has been tremendous everyone's been really impressed by what a good guy he is how he's you know so part of the squad you know he's like he loves the banter, you know, mm-hmm. so he gets on great with everybody yeah. and has been performing well. So, you know, maybe he's just getting out of his system pre-season and, you know, we'll see the, the fairly clinical Tosin we saw, you know, on the occasions when he was given opportunities I last think, season. I, I think it'd be better suited to 4-3-3 than 4-2-3-1 when we played yeah. last last yeah. year where he's playing that lone follow up front toe and, like, he's sort of, like, having to go wide to receive the ball and stuff. I think with 4-3-3, we've got two, two wide men further up the pitch. You can play between the... the the, the two lines on the penalty area he can play in that that width of the penalty area and I think that suits him I think he's a penalty box striker Yeah, I don't think he's one who's going to move you know it's not going to be like something like a drug who's going to be really more bowed around the pitch and yeah. sort of like um, like a Jelovic in that sense yeah really, yeah he? I think so yeah. and he, but he, he's got a he runs like him he's got like certain attributes mm. of him hasn't he really and I think 4-3-3 I think you see the a better Cheng Tosin than 4-2-3-1 Walcott on the other wing for me, yeah, I, I like Walcott a lot. It just it, 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 well, it worries you a little bit, doesn't it, about uh, not having played anything so I'd, far. I'd say Luckman. Luckman's uh, back in training. Has hardly played though, has he? Yeah, but he's he's played more than Walcott. Oh, I know that's just beautiful. I'm just saying that it's concerning that we could start Wolves next week. Yeah. With Luckman, who's hardly kicked a ball pre-season. Well, Walcott, yeah. who hasn't kicked a ball yeah. at all, and Calvert Lewin, and Calvert Lewin, and so you go, hang on. Well, What's going on here? You can't Enter it. Sandro Ramirez. <laughs> Do you know what? Sandro Ramirez, you can't fault the lad's effort and everything else and his, yeah. his application, his attitude, but he just looks lost. just never he looks just like looks scoring. Lost. You, you, feel, you don't feel sorry for someone who's on 100 grand a week, but he just looks as if like 
this is just totally distant from me. I'm in the wrong job here, and he, he's just he, away. It looks like he's doing all the right things until he gets to the final third, and then it's just like... I, th- I think he's actually put in a few decent crosses in pre-season. He's taken a few set pieces, and I've been like, all right, there, that's, mm. that's a decent ball in. But when he needs to make that final pass, it's not made it. When he needs yeah. to have that last shot towards goal, it's always But he had one missed. good opportunity against Berry that he just yeah. blazed over the bar. And uh, no, he's, I, I can't see that being a success. But, you know, we'll put Sanjo on the bench for tomorrow. But, yeah, I think we'll go with Richarlison, Tosin and, uh, and Walcott, if fit, if not, Adam Ola-Luckman. But, yeah, I'd like to see Adam Ola-Luckman play some part. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, there's a lot of concern about uh, Leipzig's continued pursuits and very public pursuits mm-hmm. of him. But, again, all the words from the training ground is that the lad's been very bright and he's been very positive. And, you know, don't be taken in by these, like, you know, occasional mad pictures you'll see of him scowling. He's Everybody's all, got a scowl. smiles something. in yesterday's exactly, training exactly, pictures, exactly, wasn't yeah, he? You know, yeah, the, it was the nice lad, to see. The lad's enjoying himself. So let's hope he gets some game time on, uh, on Saturday and, you know, so produces what we want to see. Well, we'll be back next week uh, to have a look back on that game and uh, the final pre-season friendly. And then obviously we'll be looking ahead you know, to the, uh, the big kickoff against Wolves on Saturday tea time. So join us then. Until then, goodbye. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.